Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back once again to an all-new episode of Talking Terror. I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this sponsor-picked episode. That's right, the ghoul girl over at Bonfire Bead Designs decided to pick this episode, <laughs> 1982's The Beastmaster, directed by Don Coscarelli. That's right, we're talking about swords and sorcery tonight. Not our usual horror, but we'll get back to it soon enough. But as always, I am joined by the bold and the beautiful, the ghoul geek Keith. <gasps> Hello, 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 everybody. How you doing tonight? <laughs> doing well, doing well, Ghoul. We're also joined by the psychotic Simeon, the Prince of my Moore's Day. Yes, the Mad Monkey. Get funky with him, Monkey. Hey, hey there, my fans. This is the Mad Monkey coming to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where me and the rest of the Talking Terror podcast bring you the best goddamn podcast there is in the land. That's right. You want horror, you want gore, maybe not this week, but definitely listen here, listen often, tell your friends, tell your mom, we don't care, just everybody listen because we got it down on lock on this motherfucker. <laughs> How's it going, guys? <laughs> and we are also joined by the various astute, the demonic Dean himself, Dave, who is very excited about tonight's episode. Welcome to the show, Dean. Dean? He's just so excited Dean. to speechless. Dean, <laughs> please report to the Dean's office for this week's episode of Talking Terror. <laughs> well, I guess he's just collecting himself because of the excitement over Beastmaster. <laughs> so hopefully he'll, <laughs> well, then, he'll connect in a minute. In the meantime, hi, <laughs> What up, monkey? <laughs> oh yes, we are going for definitely some weirdness this week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and think, I just went. You think, man, you think the bird-like testicle creatures weren't fucking weren't weird enough for you? Yeah, we'll 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 get to that, man. You know, because yeah, I I, I you know I'm just looking forward to the king's responses to all of this. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> But while the dean is trying to figure out what's going on for the show and whether or not he can get in, I just want to sit there and bring it up um, that it, the king put it up on the Talking Terror page, put it up on his personal page. Feel free to follow us on our personal pages because we are that awesome, yes. But this week, the king added a whole slew of kick-ass shit to his personal collection in the Winchester. And I just wanted uh, to tap you about that real quick, King, because you got some awesome swag, man, <laughs> within this past week. You may. I did. I, I picked up a lot of stuff thanks to Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, again, with birthday money and stuff like that, it's just you got some new Ghostbusters swag that you put up in the apartment. Just wanted you to sit there and maybe talk about that for a quick second. <laughs> yeah, that's actually uh, – I actually picked that up at, at Walmart. 
it's an Ecto one uh, from Play Mobile, and uh, you put it together. There's 79 pieces, but they're all like fucking tiny ass pieces. So my big ass hands. It took me like three hours to put it together because they're like these fucking tiny pea sized pieces, and I dropped them multiple times. Like I had hand cramps trying to unscrew the box to put the AAA batteries in. I was about to throw it against the wall. I was like, I, I just don't care. At this point, I was like, it's never going to get built. <laughs> but I managed to put it together, and I did put it on my personal page. It lights up. It has a siren. I mean, for Play Mobile, it's as realistic of an Ecto one as you're going to get. Yeah, well, on t- like it looked cool as shit. You put it up there, but on top of that, you also got um, a kick-ass Ghostbusters poster, and you got the novelization of Ghostbusters one and two as well. That's correct. That was my Amazon find. Ghostbusters 1 and 2 and, that the Dean brought up on the show not that long ago. And you have to now tell us, because we asked, you know, in between in our personal messages, did they cover the sex scene in the novel? Yes, the blowjob scene is in the novel. They do go into it a little bit uh, halfway through the book. They do talk about Ray lying down at Fort Demering. Winston's walking around trying to find the ghost. Ray wakes up. The ghost unbuckles his pants. And he decides maybe ghosts don't need to be in the containment unit. Maybe they could be used for another thing, which is sex. And yeah, he has <laughs> fun. Well, well. Maybe rather than that contain the ghost, the ghost is going to contain <laughs> a little bit of him. <laughs> well, would it though? I mean, we've had that discussion before. What if you came inside of a ghost? Wouldn't it just fall out? Like, I don't think it would be contained in that ghost. I think it depends on the viscosity of the plasma of said ghost. You know, I mean, mm, it changes see? kind of its own, like, plasmic material. So, I mean, it's like plasma <laughs> to plasma at that point. It might just kind of, like, drift. Maybe it's heavier, so it'll slowly mm. drift down to, like, the ghost's toes, if the ghost has toes, or the tail. Maybe. Could just absorb your your essence in a way. Yeah, that's in there. I mean, it's in tone. It's a much darker book than the comedy that's presented in the uh, movie. I was kind of surprised that it's a darker kind of version of the Ghostbusters, where there's not as much comedy as is presented in the movie. Peter Venkman's a much different character, much more serious, and he doesn't like crowds. You know, he's not sure of himself. Doesn't know if he wants to be the leader of the Ghostbusters. So it's definitely worth picking up. It's, a quick read, you know, both novelizations. <laughs> I finished it. Peter's the days. leader of the Ghostbusters? I never thought of Peter <laughs> In the book, he is. The leader of the Ghostbusters? <laughs> in the book, he is. He feels like he, because uh, he has a background of being a carnival barker in the book. Like, for some reason, when he was a kid, he grew up in carnivals with his parents. <laughs> so he was used to being the center of attention. So he knew how to scam people. He knew mm. how to con people. So that's why he became the leader of the Ghostbusters in the book. In the movie, they don't really have one, which I, I liked. Mm. They're all just kind of a crew. Mm. Yeah. Then, then on top of that, to your collection, let's see here. Um, you went and got yourself a couple more. Uh, um, let's see here. You got yourself another Jason figure, a couple more Freddy figures. Hello? <laughs> Good. Yep, we can hear you. Oh, Dave, you welcome to the show. Oh, I don't know what that was all about, but I was having everything was all systems go, and then it wasn't. So here I am. Uh, yeah, but please carry on, carry on. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, I yeah, added uh, uh, Jason from Part Six. Jason lives with the tombstone and the removable mask, and uh, Michael Myers from Halloween Two. 
1981 version, which comes with the blood tears on the mask, which is very cool. And yes, I got stands for all of them. So, <laughs> he finally got stands, so he can actually walk yep. through the apartment with his heavy feet and not have to worry about knocking over all of his action figures. <laughs> yep, I am that level of geek now, where I actually have action figure stands, <laughs> so that they do not tip over, and they look great. <laughs> Yeah, I'm proud of my collection. It's, it's killer. I think I'm cultivated <laughs> quite a, a stash. Yeah, man, it's just all those additional figures. Just you know, again, every time I go to the King's Lair, it's just you know something new is added to his little museum. It's just awesome every time you visit because it always changes. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm always so changing. not only I'm always flipping so things. Not around. only do you now share the same name. As the 40-year-old version, but you're also sharing his love of toys. <laughs> yeah, but I fucked with, like, you know, I'm not even 40 yet, and I've already had sex numerous times. You, you absolutely <laughs> are the 40-year-old version. <laughs> yeah, but he had to wait until he was 40 to get his cherry popped. I, I did mine much younger. I was, like, 16. So I just started my collection later in life because I never could have it name? growing up. Andy. But I like to think that I'm a little bit cooler than, than Andy from 40-year-old version even though I have horror action figures. I don't have the million-dollar boss. I don't have Steve Austin's yeah, boss. Action million figures, his action figures were worth like a quarter of a million dollars, man. Yeah, because he didn't let him breathe. He was smart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the man. thing about the king, like man. All his shit comes tomorrow, out of the package. Huh? <laughs> I got to take him out. I got to display him. They got to look good for the one person I host a week. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, she's not coming. Oh, over right mom. <laughs> wait, your, wait, your, your mom. She's not climbing the three flights. <laughs> she's not doing that. Yeah, yeah, my mom, because you know my, my mom needs attention, and the king's got it in aces. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm proud of my stuff. I mean, it's just because you know I never could have it when I was younger. I never had it when I was older, so I'm doing it a little bit older. I'm 36, and I have my horror collection. I'm proud of it. Okay. Mallory, my doing? mom? <laughs> huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure, we'll okay. go with that. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, anyway, also in horror news on the Talking Terror page, just before the um, Doc gets into his stuff, um, I just wanted to sit there and tap you here, King, just because this is specifically, like, horror-related to you, is this whole thing about Fulci for fake? Yeah. Yeah, the new, uh, it's a pseudo-documentary about Lucio Fulci, where they actually have an actor playing Fulci, uh, and it just covers his career and what he was like as a person behind the scenes, because he was a very private person. You know, he wasn't very much the type to give interviews. I mean, if he did, it was very rare. Uh, so this interview uh, documentary just goes over the highlights of people that knew him throughout his filming process and his personal life. And, yeah, it's one that I'm looking forward to checking out. It's called Fulci for Fake. Uh, it's playing right now at the Chattanooga Online Film Festival. Um, and Fulci, one of my favorite Italian directors, it uh, definitely looks good. You know, so it's one of those things I'll be checking out because he's not like Dario, where Dario would always give an interview. Fulci just didn't care. He just wanted to create. He wanted to make his movies. Okay, so so this is a, a docudrama, if you will. It's it's not a straight-up documentary about Fulci. Right. I mean, they do have people from his real life uh, being interviewed. You know, uh, previous wives, friends, collaborators, uh, actresses, actors. 
Um, but they do have somebody performing as Fulci for some scenes. You know, dramatization, oh. reenactments. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, cool. Nicola Nicoella is his name. Uh, he's the one that plays uh, Fulci in the uh, the docudrama, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Nicola Nicoli. Um, but it's okay. one I'm looking forward to because it's. Uh, I think Fulci, you know, is still underrated to this day. I think he's very niche, but I think people, you know, would do best by checking out some of his stuff because it is great. You know, it was ahead of its time for the '80s. The way he could create violence cool. and death. <laughs> cool. All right, Doc. So rolling into you and your horror news. I know you're excited this week, and I know you want to get straight into the movie, but we got a job to do. So how about we I, sit there and? <laughs> I don't care. You know, I don't. I'm not even. It doesn't even matter to me what the the pick is. I I, I just enjoy the bullshit. I'm never in a rush to get to the pick and talk about the movie. Uh, really, I really mean that. Like, I enjoy the banter and oh, uh, the different conversations that spring up around the different news items we talk about. I mean, yeah, of course, I'm thrilled to talk about this movie tonight. Uh, I've been looking forward to it very much so. But, like, it, it'll be fine. We'll get to it when we get to it, man, you know? Yeah, he's always been like that. That's why I appreciate about the Dean. You know, he always likes that first half. And then the second half, you know, you contribute when you do. So I'm looking forward to the conversation <laughs> later. But, all right, so let's kick it off with some oh, yeah. conversations, Dean. What do we got? Uh, so... Uh, so many things with Paul Feig this week. He wants to debut to the world his three and a half hour director's cut of his Ghostbusters film. No! Right. <laughs> three point five hours, three and a half hours. He has a three and a half hour yep. director's cut that mm-hmm. he uh, yeah, would he like does. to release. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that I, 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 was hidden. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's where that, that's where all the funny scenes went. They were cut. <laughs> I, for one, I for one uh, have zero interest in it. And uh, I even know, look, I have theater, to right? say, I saw the movie theater, man. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, dude. I totally I saw this in the theater. Uh, and look, I, I, um, I've been a fan of Paul ever since he played Stanley in one of my favorite comedies from the early 90s called Ski Patrol. And... Um, you know, I, 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 what's that? Shut up, keep patrol. I love yeah, that live life. Yeah, <laughs> face death, live life. Um, but anyway, uh, a three and a half hour cut of this film, I don't think is something that anyone is looking forward to. Um, I, I, I did not buy into the whole notion that, oh, how dare they uh, make a new Ghostbusters and make the cast female. Uh, I, I, could, I didn't care, care less about that. I went to the movie theater to see it. And, uh, you know, I just didn't think it was that entertaining of a film, uh, regardless of, you know, who the cast was. Um, I just, it didn't work for me. Um, it, I just didn't like it. Uh, so a three and a half hour cut is one that I'll be skipping, if it does see the light of day. Well, you know, yeah. also, I, mean, I know that, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I know he also, said that the original first print was uh, four and a half hours. So when they first made their first one, it was four and a half hours. Oh. Four and a half hours. What are you making, a World War II drama? Are you making Ghostbusters? <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, uh, he also uh, just announced that he has completed two drafts of something that he was hired to write by Universal, uh, a project he's been writing. It's called Dark Army. Uh, it's a film that is going to uh, feature some of the uh, – different monsters in the universal uh in the universal canon uh 
he is hoping that he gets an opportunity to make this film. Uh, he said he says based on the success of the Invisible Man, which had a very small budget, he's hoping that they'll press ahead with this because uh, he was hired to write it and direct it. Uh, it's, again, it's called Dark Army and will feature uh, some of the monsters from the Universal Library as well as some new characters, and it's called Dark Army. So no word on when that will go into production, but the script uh, appears to be headed in that direction, and you know everything is kind of on hold with everything going on in the world right now, but uh, he does hope to bring these Universal monsters back to the big screen. Of note, he says he's not looking to make a horror movie, uh, but a true monster movie, um, you know, citing titles such as you know, I was a teenage werewolf, and uh, you know, films of that ilk as his inspiration. Yeah, and it's interesting with that one because he also did say that he does have those two drafts uh, completed. Uh, he gave it to Universal, but they don't know what to do with it because of the success, like the Duna just said about Invisible Man. Uh, his vision for Dark Army is much more expensive, and they're just not sure if it's a viable product. So we'll see if it does get made, but. I don't know. I, I think it's a horror movie, no matter how you put it. It's Dracula, uh, Frankenstein, they're horror films. I mean, they're monster movies, too, but I always consider them horror films. I, mean, I, I don't think you could say this isn't a horror film. This is a true monster movie. So I don't know exactly what he means, but... Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> so what else you got, Doc? I mean, Dean? Sorry. Uh, you know, I've, I, I maybe two weeks ago talked about how, uh, you know, Quibi thus far has kind of been a failure. Um, it's now reached the stage where uh, advertisers, uh, big-budget advertisers such as Pepsi uh, and, um, you know, other big corporate entities are uh, trying to find a way to reduce their payments and postpone their advertising payments. Um, it's, looking, it's, it's, looking, it's looking like this thing uh, isn't, isn't going to take flight. Um, Again, I have it. I have the app right here on my phone. As I've said, I downloaded it, and I have not watched one minute of content. I keep telling myself, you know, you got to just open it up and pick something and give it a shot. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who, who's, who's behind it with uh, vastly deep connections, uh, got lots of people to dump a ton of money into this thing. And it's looking like it's going to be a colossal failure. He said renamed, that it's going to be renamed Quiddy. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Well, he's been working on that joke all week. Um, oh, he's practicing. The, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, they, they say that they believe that, that a lot of this uh, non-success has to do with the coronavirus, but like, I don't buy that. I feel like Aww. the coronavirus is the perfect, the perfect time. Uh, granted, though, everyone's home and has the opportunity to watch full-length TV shows and binge shows and movies and aren't trying to get their eight-minute fix when they're taking a crap at work. But, like, um, you know, uh, they, they spent millions upon millions of dollars on this thing. Um, and, you know, maybe as, a, maybe as an exercise, I'll, I'll dig into it a little bit between now and next week and see if there's any content. I know there's the Sam Raimi thing and, and a couple of other items that might be of interest, but I'll, maybe I'll try and take a look for next week and report back on, on what I had witnessed with my own eyes. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's, I think it would be the first streaming service that actually failed, you know, as a, as a product. Uh, it's a shame that they dumped all that money in there, but I think it's just we're getting so flooded with, with uh, streaming services lately. And Quibi, you know, yeah, it's smart because it's 10-minute chunks, it's going to be original content. This is going to be fun. They give you 90-day free trial. 
but there's just so many other streaming services out there that are so much stronger with their content and just popularity, you know. And, and the way I feel about HBO Max, I think it's a complete waste of time to pay uh, 14.99 a month after a 30-day free trial to watch fucking HBO. <laughs> it's just, but is that an addition? Now, I I am not a subscriber to HBO and don't own it in any in any capacity. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've heard about this. H- is this a, is this is this in addition to like? having the HBO go that you get because you have HBO, like what is the HBO max? How is it different? Like HBO has had their HBO on the go kind of app for, for a long time though. Well, yeah, they have uh, HBO things. That's the thing. Yeah. There's HBO go. There's HBO now. So HBO go is what you pretty much get as a streaming service. And you have HBO through your cable provider. It gives you the ability right. to download like the HBO app. And like on your smartphone or something like that, and stream films and things like that. But there's no live uh, television running through HBO Go. HBO Now, on the other hand, you can not, you could like let's say if you didn't have cable, you could pay for HBO Now, and that would give you live channels of HBO as well as the ability to stream certain things. Um, I think HBO Max is going to kind of like combine. The things together, uh, you can upgrade to HBO Max if you are a subscriber to HBO. Yes, you know we'll pay the the fourteen ninety nine a month after a thirty day free trial. I know that they said that they're going to be streaming like every episode of Friends. Uh, that's where the Snyder Cut for Justice League is going to premiere next year. Uh, it launched hey, today hey. with like one hundred and fifty horror films in the library, so they're trying. You know, they're trying something. It's, a, it's got a lot of content. I mean, essentially is what it is. They work out whatever deal. You got content from, like, New Line Cinema, DC, CNN, TNT, you know, Cartoon Network, Crunchyroll, Rooster Teeth, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, they got a partnership with TCM. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of different things with it. So I think, in a way, I think HBO Max is going to replace HBO Now is what the idea mm. is. So they'll eliminate the one and have the other. Which would make sense, and I think that would be the right thing to do. But I know it did launch today, uh, but it, another streaming service. And yeah. just couldn't yeah. hang with the big boys. Couldn't <laughs> hang. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know? You know, well, you know, I, I don't know about that. I might actually look into it because Studio Ghibli is signed with HBO Max, and that is – kind of big for, for me and my household. So, anyway. There you go. Yeah, we do know how much you love your Ghibli movies, ghoul. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, no, man, I mean, I'm, I'm being serious, man. You know, same thing. How Miyazaki. <laughs> God bless you. Oh, I thought you sneezed. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. No. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sarcasm at its finest. <laughs> uh, what, 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 what do you got next? It's fucking hot and sticky over so, here. I got my nuts sticking yes. apart to me that I didn't know existed. Yeah, it's pretty hot. You've been eating, huh? Um, the uh, director of the Doctor Strange movie, Scott Derrickson, has been tasked with uh, directing and bringing a sequel to the 80s fantasy classic Labyrinth to the big screen. 
uh, yes. full, cooper- <laughs> full cooperation well, and production duties with the Henson family. Okay. And um, I don't know how I feel about this one, man. Uh, Labyrinth mm-hmm. is a fucking classic. I've seen it many times. Uh, it's a very, yeah. very popular film in my household. And uh, David Bowie's uh, performance as the Goblin King is just, it's just so renowned and so iconic. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know who can step into those shoes. I mean, uh, you can argue that about like any movie character that's ever been, and there's been remakes of every movie that you think, oh my God, how could they ever remake that? And other actors have stepped into yeah. iconic roles before, but like, I feel like, you know, the alien himself, David Bowie, like it's a, it's a whole different stratosphere mm. that you're trying to tackle there. So I'm unsure how I feel right about it. Yeah, right well, about. then couple couple that with the really good soundtrack that was put out with the movie, um, and then Tokyo Pop did actually cre- do a manga version sequel to to um, this movie where they actually go the Goblin King was originally going for Toby again. Like only Toby and and not Sarah in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now, but now Toby is older. He's teenage years. Sarah's in her college years. You know, so that was the storyline behind the Tokyo Pop thing. Don't know if that's going to be any you know t- tie into what they are thinking about doing. But you know, yeah, the, the sequels have been been going around for a while now. <laughs> well, this, this will be this will be a, was the. Was the Henson family involved in the one you're talking about? Oh, the mom. Yeah, they were, but... What? It was a comic book, though. It was a comic, correct? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a manga comic book form, but, uh, yeah, they had to have the Henson blessings with it, but, you know, it's not like they were behind the writing or anything like that. They were just like, you know, yeah, go ahead, you know, just make sure we get our money, kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Because it it was not a... it was not a good manga. Um, right. But that being said, though, if they're going to do this, I'm hoping they actually stick with the strong puppetry that they, you know, used in the Dark Crystal sequel. You know, they had a lot of time with that. They put a lot of effort into it. I just hope they do the same thing with this and just work just as hard on it. Yeah, I mean, I suppose. I think Mick Jagger should be the Goblin King. Um, Hell no. He and David Bowie. They worked so closely together in the '80s and made some classic art together. It would only make sense. Um, well, they did do that know, great music video together. Yeah. In the uh, if you want to see something, if you want to see something that, funny, if you haven't watch the watch the version of that music video without the music. Oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> just them swinging their arms and dancing with no music. It, it's just like on, just just like on Family Guy. Yeah, that happened, and we let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Oh, it didn't let it happen. It just goes all over the place. That that fucking music video. Should be, should be Drake. But I, Drake, is, Drake is the Goblin King. There you go. Drake the Goblin King. Yeah, what's up? I'm the Goblin King. Damn it, Drake. You're not allowed to be in here. Well, that, you know, that's just the, the situation. Like, Drake, whoever, who's super popular and whatnot, um... My fear would be them trying to cast somebody, you know, that's that's popular now that'll be, you know, forgotten about in a few years, you know? Like, David Bowie was an otherworldly character, like a global icon uh, whose legacy carries on, you know? Like, 
is Drake 10 years from now? Is anybody going to know who Drake was 10 years from now? I mean, I'm not saying that that's the choice. I'm just saying, like, trying to rush and find, like, a popular name now. Like, I feel yeah. now more than ever, especially people in music, now more than ever, uh, career, career spans be, are so short. Be, yeah, you have, to go with the, you have to go with someone solid. So, sorry, what did you say? Should be Russell Brand, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he acts anymore. Um, I think he quit. Uh, I don't think he oh, movies anymore. Come back for that. Take my eyes, but not yeah. the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking... <laughs> I, I think they should definitely have Post Malone thing? for the role. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Post Malone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Iggy Pop, there you go. Iggy Pop, be great casting. <laughs> for the Goblin King. That would be my I choice. could go with that. I could definitely right. go with that. He, he can't even move anymore. Yes, yeah, he, he can. can. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he can. Dude still performs. He could still he could still rip. I would see him as a Goblin. <laughs> that's Ozzy. That's different. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Ozzy's the one that's... Jared! Where's... <laughs> Where, where's my little dog? I want to talk to my dog. Where's my dog? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with the sequel to uh, uh, Labyrinth. Okay, so uh, what's next, Dean? Uh, frequent collaborator uh, Dennis uh, Paoli uh, still is holding out hopes to get a House of Reanimator film made. Uh, he okay. and Stuart Gordon were working on this back in the early 2000s. Uh, they had written a script uh, and had already even done some casting, but just couldn't get the funding together uh, to get House of Reanimator made. Uh, the concept of this was that uh, Dr. Herbert West was going to be uh, called in to the White House to revive uh, a deceased President Bush. Um, early casting had William H. Macy uh, playing President Bush and George Wentz playing Dick Cheney, uh, and the possi- possible <laughs> uh, possible that uh, Crampton was going to play the First Lady, um, but they were never able to get the funding for that together. Uh, but now, all this time, then uh, it was possible that they were trying to also get this made uh, for what turned out to never happen. But as part of the third season of that Showtime series, Masters of Horror. Uh, that ran for two seasons, but ultimately there was never a third season. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Paoli says that he and uh, Stuart Stuart Gordon, they wrote the the modern treatment of that with President Bush in mind, but they also had a a generic version with just like generic presidents and whatnot uh, with an unspecified uh, president where the uh, Dr. West is called in uh, when the president is assassinated and uh, tasked at reviving him. So uh, he still is holding out hope that they can get some swell together and have a House of Reanimator, um, you know, come back to the screen. I'd watch it. So this I'm a big fan of the So this will be like the their fourth attempt now at trying to launch this project. I mean, something something like that, man. The third you know, getting close to yeah, you know getting close to the twenty year mark too. Not quite, but almost. Uh, and I just yeah. have to say, I just yeah. I, I I just I I haven't. I haven't seen anything in the, in the reanimator series aside from the first film. And uh, the first film happened to be on the other night. Uh, I, you know, I watch my TV through uh, sling and right now they, they've been doing so many different free previews of so many different channels because everyone's stuck at home. 
Uh, right now, I have a free preview that includes the Showtime, all the Showtime channels and all the Epics channels. And uh, the original Reanimator, uh, going to be flipping channels, was on the other night. And I watched a few minutes of it, and man, do I just love that movie. So, <laughs> it's, it's, Broadway Reanimator is really good, too, though. I mean, I'm a huge fan of that right, sequel, Broadway Reanimator. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, of course, it's a sequel, so it's not as good as the original, but it still holds up uh, beyond the animated, the third one. That one was a letdown. I mean, that was uh, just a disappointing movie with Herbert West in jail. The character of Dan, uh, Dan Kane was gone, so he lost his kind of buddy to help him with these projects. So House of Reanimated, that was supposed to reunite everybody. That was going to be Jeffrey Combs, the actor who played Dan Kane, uh, Brian Yuzna, Stuart Gordon, Dennis Paoli. It was going to be their big return to the Reanimator franchise. Um, and I remember seeing the teaser posters back in the day on a lot of different websites for House of Reanimator with the White House and having the serum syringe, you know, poking up a mine in the White House. So they were definitely trying. But uh, I'd still love to see it get made. I mean, anytime Reanimator pops up, I'm hoping that we get a new one. Not a remake, but an extenuation. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so what else you got, Doc? I mean, soon. Sorry, I'm I'm fucking up. Right. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we have listened to the king uh, regale regale us with his tales of acquiring all of his horror swag as of late. And yeah. if you're ready to go a little bit further, uh, you can have Tom Savini himself uh, for the low low price of sixty dollars uh, custom make you. A, uh, a a Jason Voorhees inspired face mask uh, to protect yourself from the coronavirus when you head out into the public. Uh, $60 and $100 if autographed, and you can even uh, have it customized to what Jason mask from what particular film, and uh, he will make it for you. So if you wanted a uh, a heavy-duty face mask, not some little cloth face mask, but a heavy-duty Jason Voorhees-inspired face mask, Uh, you should check in with Tom Savini on Instagram and send and just slide into his DMs and he'll hook you up. I should have mentioned that. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I should have mentioned that the uh, Jason Baker is the one to reach out to on Twitter if you want one of these masks. You have to DM him at BakingJason. If you want to get one of those masks, Tom Savini helped make the masks, but Jason Baker, he's the mastermind behind these PPE Jason masks. So if you want one, yes, yeah, 60 bucks, hundred dollars for a signed one uh, on Twitter, Jason Baker at baking Jason. If you want to get one of those masks. But there you yeah, have it. As I, I, I said, you can I, reach out <laughs> on Twitter to baking Jason and he'll get you the mess that you want. As I said, uh, you just DM uh, Baking Jason on Twitter, and uh, they'll take care of you. As, as you they look great. First. They really do look amazing. They do look really cool. They do look really cool. Yeah, they, they look badass. Especially seeing Tom Savini wearing one of them. <laughs> it's just badass. And Greg Nicotero put one on, too, for a picture, so that was really cool. <laughs> okay, so what's next, Dean? Uh, Amazon has been, you know, successful with some of their original content, uh, even taking the iconic Tom Clancy character of Jack Ryan and giving him his own series called Jack Ryan. Uh, that is completely original uh, stories using the Jack Ryan character 
not using any of the stories that are uh, based on any of the Clancy books. And they are now going the same route uh, with the uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo series, uh, where they are going to create a show, uh, not use any material from the books, uh, but uh, based on the adventures of Elizabeth Salander. Um, you know, the original author of these books wrote three stories before he passed away, and another author has carried on, and I think has written another three books, uh, but this, mm-hmm. this is going to be uh, entirely new content based in the world of the girl with the dragon tattoo and that character. And I think I'm kind of looking forward to that, man. I, I didn't read any of the books. I haven't, I didn't read any of the books from the author that has picked up the series, but I read the first three books and they were, I thought they were fucking awesome. And oh, I, uh, I watched, I watched the 10 hour uh, foreign version of all of the movies. And I watched the movie, uh, the movie version they made in the United States with, um, What's his name? James Bond, Craig. Uh, Daniel Craig, Craig and uh, uh, Rooney Mara. Craig. Yeah, and Rooney Mara. And um, Rooney Mara. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, that w- I thought that was a cool movie, too, and was hoping for more of that, but it just never never got around to it. But uh, this sounds sounds like a cool project, man. I dig the character. I, I, I really dug those first three books, man. They were really intense and uh, great mysteries, and um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But that's that'll be coming down the pipe from Amazon, uh, going the Jack Ryan route. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I saw that earlier on one of the websites I follow. Uh, like you, Dean, I read all three of those books by Stig Larson. Uh, the Girl with mm-hmm. the Dragon Tattoo, The Girl Who Played with Fire, The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. And, yeah, they are fucking fantastic books. And they go by so fast. Like, they're thick books, but at the same time, you're just so invested that you can flip through that, you know, if you're a serious reader in the day. He just really picked up something good with that character and, and everything that developed yeah, I mean the stories. The stories were really cool. I, you know, it's been a long time uh, since I read them. I mean, all three of those first books had already were already released when I read them. I didn't never like, you know, waited for them. Uh, but when I did read them, like I plowed through all three of them pretty pretty quickly. I was I got really into them, and um, you know, mm-hmm. did, I sat down and watched that whole the whole ten hour movie, and then you know the yeah. American yeah. the American. Movie. So there will be more of that if that's your thing. I don't know, Monkey or, or Ghoul, if you ever read those books or saw any of it, but it's it's good stuff. Um, I, uh, I've read I some of the, the Jack the, Ryan the books, but that's movie, it. But I never read them. <laughs> mm. Okay. All right. Well, you should, well there you have it. Uh, <laughs> there is, there Me are, and the Dean read them. Many, many uh, the ghoul and the monkey did not. Correct. So that's <laughs> As a hush falls across the crowd. All right, Dean. So moving away, what do we have now? Uh, that is what I wanted to talk about. Oh, wow, that's early. Okay, in the meantime, let's hear also on the Talking Terror page, not, the king apparently is not the only one who has grown a coronavirus beard or quarantine beard because the king put up a link about the new Kong movie and how Kong has apparently grown himself a quarantine beard as well. Is that right, King? <laughs> yeah, weirdly enough, you know, he, he decided to grow a quarantine beard. For Godzilla versus Kong, um, and they also have a new Titan apparently that uh, I guess Godzilla and Kong are going to face off against, you know, in the movie. So they're going to beat each other up, and then they're going to have to do a tag team on a new Titan, a new kaiju. 
I'm I'm hoping that, uh, that they wait on this, like, and just have the first movie of just straight up them fighting, and just have it be knock 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 down drag out kind of fight. I don't think they should be trying to bring anyone else in just yet, and let them just be the focal point for this first movie. Yeah, I agree. You know, but there are images of the new kaiju uh, named Titanus Kamazats who is a winged <laughs> demon described as the embodiment of nightmares. So it, it looks like just like a winged demon, kind of almost like a door without the three heads. So I guess yeah. just to amp up the action. I mean, it's supposed to be like well, a three-hour no, movie. So, I mean. Well, you got to remember, too, though, it's got to be so that neither one of the characters are the villain. You know, you can't have Kong be the villain. You can't have Godzilla be the villain. So you got to give them both a common enemy at some point to allow them to kind of team up, fight, and then go their separate ways. What if they? What if they have a, a everlasting romance? It's a possibility. You know what I mean? Too. Godzilla may fuck King Kong. King Kong may do the fucking. I don't know. I really haven't put a lot of thought into that yet, but I'm gonna do some slash fiction tonight. <laughs> <laughs> is King Kong a pitcher or a catcher? Who knows? We'll find, tune in next week when the ghoul sends his elaborate tale of fan fiction kaiju porn. Slash I, won't, I won't lie. It, it, it all depends on which story makes me come first. You know, Which, Whichever one hits me faster, I'm good. <laughs> well, and also... You know, we we talked about the, the Godzilla and, and Kong property, but also Two with Spawn. Later. We had talked about recently with Todd McFarlane, how he wants to direct a new Spawn movie. Uh, he really wanted to get it made, but then apparently the lead star dropped out, which was supposedly Jimmy Fox. But Jason Blum of Blumhouse said that there's been a seismic event that's going Jimmy on Fox in the Spawn movie, Spawn, and Jesus that he's Christ. very excited about getting this movie made. I don't know anymore. Is that to do violence in the Halloween movie? Is, oh, yeah, well, of is, course, it's got to be violent. Is that seismic event that finally McFarlane got his own head out of his ass? Finally. You know, is that the seismic event that has happened that he's gotten his swollen egotistical head out of his ass? I'm sure he has. I'm sure Jason Blum got him to calm down a little bit. Wait, monkey. But, no, Jason Blum apparently is very excited. I'm sorry, okay. Ghoul, what did you say? No, I was asking you, Monkey. What is it that you were asking if McFarland did? Oh, p- pulled his huge egotistical head out of his ass. Oh, okay. Just, just <laughs> oh, cool. 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 Just like, oh, okay. Noted. <laughs> the monkey's not wrong. <laughs> For once. <laughs> well, and, and um, yeah, because uh, like the Dean had just mentioned about Halloween, and I, I, I was having audio trouble last week. So I couldn't really comment too much about the, the Halloween and the comment that uh, David Gordon Green made and Andy Manichak made about the violence just being so amped up and so extreme. And it's, this isn't anything new. They've been saying it the entire time. This, is gonna, this one's going to just throw you to the back of the theater and it's going to make you just cringe at the violence. And I don't need it. I don't need it for my Halloween movie. You know, Halloween's never been about over-the-top violence and just extreme, uh, just extreme measures of that sort. You know, it's, I, it makes me think that the they first don't have Halloween wasn't about that. The majority of the sequels no. have been nothing but that. But nothing so extreme where you're like, holy shit, that was fucked up, right? <laughs> what Michael Myers just did to well, that victim, that was crazy. Well, Rob Zombie's Halloween no. was pretty fucked up. Yeah, but it's Rob Zombie. He doesn't know how to do anything <laughs> other than fucked up. 
Well, no, what I'm saying, though, is is when you look at the franchise as a whole, when you look at all of yeah. Halloween, when you take it into account, Halloween 4 and 5 and 6, you know, come on, he put a fucking reporter up on a fucking telephone pole and had him dripping blood or whatever on a Christmas tree or electrical wires or some shit. What whatever the hell? Part six. He put him in a tree. Listen, I, okay, I've tried to fucking erase that entire film from my memory. Okay, if I can <laughs> bang my head against the fucking wall hard enough to just literally pop it the hell out, I would in a heartbeat like this because that's how bad that fucking movie is. Regular. Michael is about presentation. He likes his presentations. He's an artist. <laughs> you know, he's about making it look good. Like putting him in a tree with all those Christmas lights for some reason sat around that guy. I agree. That's horrible because it's stupid. <laughs> but he's about the presentation. It's still about, but it's still <laughs> you know? about the violence in those situations. So, again, the original, yeah. said this, when they first said this whole thing about, oh, it's going to be so violent, it's going to make you grab your pecker and jerk real hard. No, nah, you know, listen, the original <laughs> film, when you get back to what the original movie was, it wasn't about the violence. It was no, about nope. suspense and fear and the idea that somebody could do this to anyone at any point. There was, you know, there was a realism behind what happened in that first film. It's every film after that was like, okay, yeah. Don't give me well, that was a problem with uh, Halloween 2 in 81, is that Rick Rosenthal, his final product was like Halloween, the first one. John Carpenter is the one that said, no, we've got to make it more violent. You know, we got to up the ante. We got to up the violence. Sequel. People are going to see the, these movies now. These slashers that are over the top and violent. So let's make it bloody. Let's make it gory. So Rosenthal yeah. wanted to make another Halloween. You know, it was but Carpenter that, that said, that. "Let's make it gory." Hmm. But I'm sorry. You know, they, you he wanted to keep. So it was the Friday the Thirteenth effect. You know, you had Friday the Thirteenth yeah. oh, come yeah. out. So yeah, you had. You know, you had to change the game a little bit. And I think Halloween mm-hmm. 2 worked. I don't think, I mean, yeah, they upped the gore factor, but still, it had that level of subtlety to it where it wasn't so over the top yet. You know, Michael still stopped. You know, he was still very much in the shadows. He didn't know where he was oh, going to pop up. He just, had his he would, he just wanted to be in the hot tub. <laughs> it was subtle. It should have been the end. <laughs> it should have been the end. And I've always said that, you know, as much as I like the sequels, if they had ended with Halloween 2, I would have been fine. Because that's a great way to end that series. He gets his eye shot out, then he gets blown up with his own doctor in a hospital. That's it. He's dead. <laughs> no more movies. But yeah, money talks. And the fans want what they want. And they wanted another Michael movie in 88. So but I blame that on the season of The Witch. If they, if they had just not yeah. called it Halloween 3. It said that so many times. If they had just called it Halloween Season of the Witch, you know, I think it would have worked out because that's a good movie in and of itself. I, I defend that movie. I didn't for a long yeah, time. Yeah, me too. But, I, I, I like it. You can't, you can't argue the stash of the of, of Akin. No, it's an old Irish guy that stole Stonehenge and he wanted to kill kids. I, I mean, what the fuck? I can <laughs> argue that that movie is one of those that's it's bad enough to make it good, and that's about all yeah. I could ever give it. It is not a good movie. I'm gonna have to revisit yeah, it. I, it, it. <laughs> I think it's a good standalone. I mean, I watch it every Halloween. You know, it's just it's a great standalone film. Yeah, Tom Atkins fucking rules. So of course I like it. But 
other than that, it's it's a decent story about a fucking killer I Irish guy like that wants to, to kill kids. Tom Atkins' ass. Don't lie. Sure, what? That's me. He was still back then. He was still fucking <laughs> 80s Tom Atkins. He still had a figure. It's not Tom Atkins now. I don't want what to see any Tom Atkins. Cube so they look like a mustache. Oh, he has to. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking old. You want a mustache ride? Style don't you? villain, too. He, like, curls the ends and everything. Oh, man, that's, <laughs> that's a movie all in of itself. You want an Atkins ride, baby? What's that? Oh, you'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just down this case of beer and smoke this pack of cigarettes. <laughs> and we'll be on the way. <laughs> all right, so is that all we got? Nobody has anything else I want to talk about before we get into the Beastmaster tonight? Uh, I I think the dean uh, cut it short because he wants to get into this movie. <laughs> you got me. I did. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, I got I'm going to hand it over to you. The Beastmaster is the the Beastmaster is the the fan pick, uh, the sponsor pick, I should say, from Bonfire B Designs, the Ghoul Girl. So let's get into it. Eighty-two Beastmaster, directed by Don Coscarelli. And go, Ghoul. And go. Oh, Action, man. I don't know what. Oh, what? Man, I heard you talking. I figured you were going to do the synopsis. Listen, it's the fucking Ghost <laughs> Master, okay? I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure every single person here, except for the king, who obviously had no childhood, the king was born like an old crotchety man. So I'm sure the other three of us here that all had heartbeats and were like normal youth, you know, or at least somewhat normal youth, have seen this movie ad nauseum as as kids, you know, because as as we talked about last week, this was on HBO all the fucking time. It's the Beastmaster, man. Okay, big ripped Mark Singer controls animals by making sounds and talking to them. I mean, this this is giving people all around the world the love of animals. Okay, I know when I see a bird flying through the sky and I go, aha, aha, you know, I, I hope that they're coming to come land on my arm and talk to me. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. So, so what did you think of it, Ghoul? I love this movie. I think you summed it up. It's got, it's got, it's got <laughs> its place. It's got its place in my heart. It's got its place, you know, in my soul. <laughs> All right, Dean, go. Yeah. Uh, so what I what I really try and 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 think back and and think about my history with this film. Uh, I'm not going to say the most, but uh, this this film is probably up there. Uh, if let's say I had a lifetime uh, top ten of uh, films that I have watched more than any other. Uh, you know, this one would probably make the top 10. Uh, this was, uh, you know, this movie just is so intertwined with my childhood and growing up uh, because of the sheer volume of airings. And I just fucking loved it. This, I mean, this movie, and it, it to me, uh, still holds up. Yes, there are, we can pick it apart to the end of time, but I just absolutely fucking love this movie. Great fucking hero, great villains, great action, great weapons. Um, good stuff, man. I fucking love the Beastmaster. 
City. Okay, and now I'm going to jump in again, like everyone else. I, I grew up watching this movie. Did not have cable, but like everyone said, it was always on, so it didn't matter who you went to go visit because it was always on the television. You could always stop, mm-hmm. watch like half an hour of it, go out and play. You didn't miss anything because you come back <laughs> another friend's house later. It would be on. You could, you could catch it again, a little bit more, you know, and just hang out and watch this movie all the fucking time. Um, and yeah, this is like at, you know at that peak of '80s sword and sandals fantasy movies. You know, right up there with Conan. Yeah, excuse me. You know, and Red Sonia and stuff like that. Um, you know, and it's a good entry. It's a good fun entry. It, is it? Like a great entry, I I don't know if I'd say that because I don't know if I'd say that about any Sword and Sandals fantasy movie except maybe you know Spartacus and Gladiator. Sword and Sandals. The hell is Sword and Sandals? Yeah. Sword and Sandals. No, Sword and Sandals. That's another. Well, no. That's another term. No, that's that's its own different thing, though. Swords and sandals are typically when you're going into Greek and Roman mythology and have some basis in reality, whereas swords and sorcery is Conan and this kind of film and stuff like that. They are totally two different genres. Okay, thank you, Ghoul. Okay. Um, Yeah, okay, you are correct, Ghoul, because, yeah, sword and sandals would be more like Steve Reeves, you know, kind of stuff way back in the day, you know, gladiator kind of stuff. Um, But, yeah, okay, so we'll go, you know, Sword and sorcery, but yeah, <laughs> um, still fun ride. Ah, King, this was your first time watching it ever, correct? No. 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 I saw it when I was like six or seven on HBO because it was on. Yeah. No, not my first time. Okay. What did you think of it? How many times have you seen it, King? Uh, this is my second well, time. What are your thoughts? And my last time. <laughs> I yeah, my first uh, first time was when I was six or seven because Don Coscarelli is a director of Phantasm, and I was a huge fan of that when I was a little kid. Uh, scared the shit out of me the first time I saw it, so I was like, oh look, hey, Beastmasters on HBO. Don Coscarelli directed it. Um, John Albert uh, was a cinematographer who did a lot of work in uh, The Shining, worked on Clockwork Orange, worked on Terror Train. So I mean, I was like, all right, so I'm in. Even at a young age, I knew about fucking cinematography, yes, because that's how much of a nerd I was for film. <laughs> but, um, ah, yeah, watching it now, nerd. I remember putting it on, and a lot of shit happened, and I was like, oh, God, we got to be, like, almost done. Like, this is wrapping up, and 20 minutes have passed. Like, oh, 20 minutes, and it's a two-hour film. Great. I, I can't wait to see what else happens in this, this epic of, of Mark Singer running around with as little as possible. Like they didn't have pants back then. Yeah. Everybody had to run around in one cloth. And we get one shot of tits with Tony Roberts for like 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, fantasy is not my thing. It's not my bag. I, I don't like it. I, just, I found this movie just too silly, too long. It felt like it was five hours. You know, there was like three different endings where I'm like, okay, it can end now. Okay, no, we got another 10 minutes. Okay, no, it can end now. Oh, we got another five minutes. Okay, all right. When the fuck are the credits happening in this movie? Like they just had too many endings where they could have stopped. And they could have said, that's it, that's the end, Beastmaster. No, they had to keep going. So, At some yeah. point, I'm going because to have to have us do the return Wise words the, uh, from a man that considers Dr. Giggles an all-time classic. <laughs> I do love Dr. Giggles. It's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure film. I do love it. Because it's a fun, pleasure film. 
and I do love Candyman and all those others that you guys don't like. Mm-hmm. So this will be my chance to hate on a movie that you guys love. All right, can't wait. <laughs> all right, so Dean, why don't you go into it, man? <laughs> Get us into this movie. <laughs> Me? You want me to start? Yeah, all right. I mean, why, why, why not? You love this movie, man. It's like, what better way? Come on. Let's do it. Take the driver's seat. Take it. I mean, Take the I can certainly, certainly do that, but look at this curveball uh, that is being <laughs> thrown my way from, from the usual format. I hope that our, uh, you know, our loyal audience is not or is prepared for, for such a change at <laughs> such short notice. Uh, but you don't yeah, want me to do it because it'll be over in 10 minutes. From, <laughs> in the Beastmaster, uh, again, from 1982, directed by Don Coscarelli, starring Mark Singer, uh, Tanya Roberts, John Amos, and Rip Torn. Uh, apparently, uh, this is loosely based on a novel. Uh, I, I did not even know this until getting ready to prepare uh, for the episode. I'm going to have to add this to my book slash uh, movie project it's, list, which is an ongoing project where I is... go back and... It's not loosely. It's yeah. Loosely is like the. It's it's yeah. It's it's not, dude. It's like a whole other fucking thing, including like a Navajo Nation Indian going to another planet and uh, and stuff like that. It's it's what? very. Yeah, it gets the the book is like. I think the only thing they really kept from the book was the fact that it can communicate communicate with animals, and that's about that. Oh, so you've read it? Cool. No, I just did a lot of research on it. Just, just, like, the, oh, okay. just like the Dean, as soon as like I see that, oh, it's based in a book, my first instinct is, is i got to go find the book because, you know, I always prefer to get into into a character's mind, which I think you can do better in a book right. than you can ever do in a film. Um, and as such, mm-hmm. yeah, so I was interested in it, and then I read the synopsis for it. And pretty much I think even the uh, the author of the book yeah. wanted, like, to be removed from any kind of mention <laughs> in the film because of how drastically different the film turned out from what the source material was. Oh, okay. Wow. I mean, thank you. <laughs> for sharing because I was probably after the show going to try to acquire like a cheap used copy. I have a, as I was starting to say before, I have a, a long running uh, reading project where I track down and uh, read books that uh, became excellent movies, but ones that I had never read the book before, but I've seen the movie. So I was about to add that to the list and um, I guess I don't need to do that now. Uh, but maybe I need to check it out just for sheer curiosity's sake. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but the German language translation of the title, it was published in German. I'm, I'm going to probably butcher this as I don't speak German. Um, so I'm going to do my best here. Der letzte der Navajos. Literally, the last of the Navajo is, is what the name of the book was. <laughs> It was it was the t- it was the tale of host Hostine Storm, a Navajo and former soldier who has empathic and telepathic connections with a group of genetically altered animals. And that's not this movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Instead, we have this movie filmed in uh, California, <laughs> um, just because they, I I know they wanted to film it in Spain or Italy but they just couldn't afford it, so they were like, fuck it. Let's just do it, film it in the backyard in California instead. 
Okay, well, so how, did, how does, how does uh, the Beastmaster yeah, come to be in this film? There we <laughs> have it. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, the High Priest, Mayax, played delightfully by Rip Torn. Fantastic performance. Awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, proud. He, he, proud. he is told by his witches. <laughs> proud. Uh, and one proud. Just, just so you, if you guys didn't know, uh, one of Rip Torn's witches under all of that uh, costuming is none other than Janet Jones, Janet Jones Gretzky uh, from American Anthem, the fantastic movie from the 80s about gymnastics. Uh, but she, huh. she's in there, um, you know, making Janet, these, like these wonderful pieces. <laughs> it's uh, funny that uh, the king's name is Zed and that's his name in Men in Black. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> King Zed and he becomes Agent Zed for Men in Black. I'm like, oh, connection! <laughs> so yeah, anyway, basically they steal, they steal the, the unborn baby from, from, the, from the womb and implant it into a cow with some weird blue uh, liquid, uh, which always kind of freaked me out pearl, when I was a kid. A and when you see necklace. like the mother's oh. stomach shrink and you see the baby start to get inside the cow, um, you know, pretty intense stuff when you're a little kid. Um, never, oh, I've yeah. never seen anything remotely like that uh, the first time that I had seen this movie, which I might have been like seven or eight. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, when the infant is born and gets branded, uh, you know, the kindly, the kindly, gentle, Villager uses his really cool throwing weapon uh, <laughs> and is able to rescue the child and, and raise Dar uh, as his own, learning to fight <laughs> Dar, uh, Dar and keeping his 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 developing ability to communicate uh, with telepathy and, and vocal inflection with the animal kingdom, uh, and must use yeah. this power uh, to defeat <laughs> the Jun Horde. Uh, and may act yeah. and 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 take the revenge dumb? on all that has wronged his, his village. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the I mean, there's the basic yeah. thoughts and options. Uh, you know, if that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's it. Yeah. So good night, everybody. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> but, but but yeah, I like how the witch is there with the big ass, you know, fire and shit like that, and he just comes along, you know, he just pulls out his. You know, a fucking weird ass shuriken kind of thing that folds up and you know, so, so that's a witch, and it's just she just won't fucking die. And we have this weird ass moment of her using her powers to sit there, and it's like it's almost like a uh, Sam Raimi uh, Evil Dead kind of moment of her just yes. going yeah. and him and the sword around and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, I love it when after he defeats the the witch and he brings the baby back to Amir where they're from. So poor man's Peter Boyle is like, hey, I found a baby, guys. And they're like, dude, fucking so stoked. We don't have babies in this village. That's awesome. Dude, high five. Great find in the woods. <laughs> I stole yeah, the baby I, from I, the I just want to take it back a little bit because I can tell you the first thing that, like, for me, you know, now, now here's the thing with this movie. Uh, I did, Similar to you, Monkey, I didn't have cable. So all of my viewings of this came on the WPIX channel, Channel 11. Um, yep. Upon moving, did they show it Jersey, often on Channel Eleven? This Beastmaster was on often on Channel Eleven. Uh, cut, obviously, you know, but you know, yeah, they, they had plenty of commercials for it. Um, but upon moving to Jersey, the film of this series that I did see ad nauseum. Oh, excuse me. 
Sorry about that. I thought I had a sneeze. I didn't want to blast it and give everybody COVID. Um, anyway. <laughs> you get that through the through the technology lines? Uh, well, I'm sure you can. That's a new harm of coming out soon. <laughs> yes, it's part of the countdown series. Um, so what was on all the time was the second film, Beastmaster Two: Travel Through Time, or whatever the hell that one is. So that I saw. Like, I can't even through tell you the portal of time. Through the portal of time. Yes. Again and again and again and again. That movie was on all the fucking time. That's the only time in that. Um, but anyway, the first thing I noticed while watching this movie that I had no recollection of as a kid is fucking muscly John Amos, okay? I'm looking at this going, dude, <laughs> yep. what's the dad from coming to America doing in this movie? <laughs> I remember you texting me that, too. The other day and about John Amos coming to America, <laughs> good times. Good. <laughs> he's fucking he's, awesome. he's traveling the land with a little white boy, and um, yeah, he's fucking badass. Well, I'm talking about even just the <laughs> beginning sequence when the king and him yep. show up to to stop Rip Torn from doing whatever he's doing during the whole prophecy sequence, where you have all these these witch chicks. Okay, which they really deceive you with that shit. These chicks got nice bodies. Okay, they are the oh, yeah. other fucking <laughs> definition of butterface. Okay, these chicks will be around, completely one hundred percent like rocking in this new COVID world with these masks. You know, this is their time to shine right now. You know, they're covering that part up, so just show off that lower portion. Sorry, that was so inappropriate. My bad. Huh, not really. Um, no, it, it was. I shouldn't have said that so out loud. Anyway, though, <laughs> my point being is, so these, these witches pull this off. Rip Torn gets the, you know, his guys to, to commit their harakiri, their, their little suicidal pact, just to show you how bad he is with that big old fucking hook-nosed schnauz that he's rolling with. Okay, but yes, here comes, you know, John Amos with muscles. And I'm, like I said, I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck? Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, and, and okay, there he is, the acting good times. Up, you know. Yeah, he's <laughs> cut as fuck, and and it's not costume or anything like that. It's actually him. You know that. That's oh the yeah, because they like, were as little it, possible it, in this movie. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> Got to show yeah, it all off. <laughs> well, that that's how it is in these sword and fantasy movies, man. You 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 got to get ripped. You got to show it off. You got to be badass in these movies. You know, that's why the bad guys are always covered in cloaks and hook noses and shit like that. You know, that, that horrible hook nose. The ripped torn brought himself, you know, and it put it on himself. He's like, I'm going to yeah. do this for the character. And he's like, <laughs> the director was like, whatever, man. <laughs> that's cool. You do you. We're going to make this fucking movie. <laughs> and how, how cool yeah. are those fucking... Like chain hanging weapons that those guys used for that. Like they just bust these things out and they connect to the ceiling so easily and can hold all that weight. Yeah, because they're badass. Like the man. It's like some weird ass kung fu shit. <laughs> yeah, all these weird Paul like Shear looking priests. It's like Master Payne's weapon in uh, Kung Tao. With <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Just> the claws. <laughs> And then, of course, as as uh, Dar grows up, I remember the uh, the ghoul was putting in the messenger about fucking David Jacoby, and I was like, "What? David Jacoby's in this movie? The guy from Bloody Birthday? Yeah, he is." Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> like, man, twice in a month. Just talk about. 
<laughs> but then we started the to get introduced to the, the guys. <laughs> but then we start to get introduced also to the quality that this movie put behind all of the animals that are in, or all of the beasts that are in this Beastmaster movie, because they didn't bother to get, <clears throat> excuse me, high ex- high end, expensive, <laughs> really well trained animals. They got bottom rung, barely trained, maybe can do some shit animals, including the fucking bear, which we get introduced to in this fucking movie. This bear, which Maul is one of the neighbors in the village. But the thing is, he yanks him into the tree comedy style, okay? And then there's a rustling, and then the guy gets thrown out like it's a fucking police academy scene, and out saunters the bear. Right, but before, right before they did this scene, like when they were actually filming this, that bear beat the shit. Out of his trainer. <laughs> the trainer got fired. And they had to bring in a backup trainer to spot the bear during the scene. And then they brought the kid up and was like, all right, you're up. <laughs> Don't Great. fuck it up. Good luck, <laughs> he's, Billy. He's, he's kind of moody. <laughs> Mike, actually, though, here's a question then, because I did notice it was like they had two separate cuts going on. You could see there was a yeah. shot with the bear and it had blood, and then a shot with yeah. the bear and it didn't. It was missing on some of the cuts. So was that part of like yeah. when they edited that in that way? There were two separate filming sequences. <laughs> I don't know because then it goes back again and the blood is back, and then it goes back again mm-hmm. and the blood is gone. And the blood and it is does gone. That a couple and the bear's times. head looks wider. Uh, we know that's not, it's obviously not a CGI bear, so it's not a special effect. It's, I, I have a feeling it might be more than one. <laughs> well, uh, or the other bear fucked up so bad, they're like, no, no, we got to get the backup bear. <laughs> this one's drunk. <laughs> he just beat the shit out of the trainer. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Immediately, even after it immediately, you know, Dar's adopted father is like, 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 so matter of fact, he's like, you can communicate with the animals. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, that's it's crazy. <laughs> but don't tell anyone. You gotta, keep, gotta keep this a secret. He's like, yo, keep that shit under wraps, man, because otherwise you'll be a freak. Yeah, he pulls he's the, the pot from Rudolph. fucking Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> fucking pot cans, like, you can never expose yourself. Even in the fucking tornado, don't ever fucking do it. Don't ever fucking show people what powers you have, because it would suck. I'd be like, pop. Bob, do you see what you're wearing? Like, come on, look at the clothes you got on. You know? Look at the weapon you're tossing around, dude. Like, come on, man. It's like a, it's like a cheap version of the fucking Glaive. <laughs> Granted, but this did come out before the... He was saying a cheap yeah. version of the Glaive. The the weapon from Kroll. Yeah. Which yeah. did come out two uh, but years this... later. But, but the Glaive actually is an existent weapon as opposed to whatever it is that they have in this movie, which I don't see how it could ever actually function. Yeah, because every time they pull that it open, it's like it never locks. It just kind of, it's like a a, bro- a broken lock blade. Like, it's, it's, like having a fla- it's like having a fucking six, it's like having a 16-inch cock that's flaccid all the time. Okay, because like, nothing you can actually do with it. It's just this big Flat fucking dumbly jangly thing in between your legs. <laughs> <laughs> you 
can't even put it in anything. Like, you know, it's not going to work. <laughs> you can just use it to bitch slap people. <laughs> well, Kyle, but, you know. But yeah, you know, so then we get, so then we have our cut and then we get, you know, introduced to the cut, you know, Summers, who's just bad as oh my God. can as hell. You know, he's Ugh. just. Mark Singer. <laughs> Looks like a love child of fucking Kevin Bacon and Nick Nolte. <laughs> Hi. I'll be your hero for the rest of the movie. <laughs> what? This guy? With the fucking rubber face? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is our hero? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, dude, admit, that man, ass is the fucking f- ripped to shreds, man. Yeah, he's ripped as fuck, man. But it threw me off the first time I saw this movie because I didn't see this until after I saw V, and I knew Mark Singer as the main character and the hero from the the miniseries and the TV series V. And then when I saw this, I was like, oh, you know, this is supposed to have the dude from V. And then when I saw him, I was like, holy fuck, he's cut like a motherfucker. <laughs> He didn't look like that. But he cries. Just like you, monkey. My introduction to Mark Singer was also through V. Um, you know, both, uh, I, I watched that religiously as a as a child. Um, yeah, I totally had the hots for Diana. You know, at the time, uh-huh. and the uh, and the main lead blonde. Yeah, I guess uh, I think the Diana thing is what started me liking bitches in general. But then also the uh, the main lead actress was, was real cute too. Um, but yeah, no, I remember like as a kid, the thing that freaked me out the most, man, the little, the little lizard baby, little lizard baby. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Watching yep. that fucking thing yep. die, dude, was like, oh my God. <laughs> well, Robert even England Robert England was funny. Even Robert England was freaked out in that scene because he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm an alien. I mean, this is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we I get that introduction to, to Dar as an adult, fully ripped Mark Singer, and he's like, life is great, guys. Let's go fucking dig shit over the hills. Nothing <laughs> bad's going to happen today. Not on fucking Rex Manning Day. Oh, wrong movie. <laughs> great. I'm going to bring my white dog, and it's going to be fun. Oh, no. It's the Jun. They're coming to fucking kill us. They came out of Mad Max, and now they're here. <laughs> the, their cars dun, 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 broke dun, dun, down, dun. so they had to ride in on horses. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one dude looks like a villain on a fucking Mad Max. He had the fucking hockey mask on and the weird bat wings on the side of his helmet. I was like, dude, that's wings and all. That's fucking wings and yeah, all. That's, that's scary fucking eyes, man. The Jun the Jun Horde is terrifying, terrifying villains, man. Uh, and 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 another thing to consider too, especially in this in this in this violent uh, you know battle sequence. Uh, when the Jun first attacks the village, this movie is rated PG. And granted, oh, at the yeah. time, yes, they, didn't have a PG, they didn't have a PG-13, uh, but there's a decent amount of, of bloodshed. Uh, you know, we don't see limbs, oh, oh, we don't see limbs flying around. Uh, you know, there we see the, the poor dog gets shot in the side with an arrow. And we have women, yeah. bare, we have bare-chested women running around and screaming. It was a PG-13 movie. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in any movie. Yeah. But yeah, that dog getting and, killed, that was great, because that dog got shot with that arrow, and he's still dragging that mm. fucking body of fucking Mark Singer. I'm if clearly a mad. But you know what's awesome, though? If you watch very closely, uh, and, and the scene when the dog is, is dragging him, uh, 
there's a brief second where like the dog lets go of his grip, but the body is still moving. <laughs> Dar is pulling himself with his fingers. That's why. That's how strong he is. He's <laughs> yep. just sliding his body along with the tips of his fingers. But, it, but then also during this pillaging scene, we also have these uh, scene of one of the houses falling down. You know, because for some reason they're in the middle of nowhere. They're going to make these houses on stilts, like you know, the, you know, their shore properties. You know, um, <laughs> well. To protect but, them what, from threats on the ground. They figure at the very least to get on the high ground and you, have, you yeah, can attack from yeah, up there. They just didn't yeah. set it up. They didn't do so. They didn't get up there quick enough. But, yeah. It's like the whole but, Robin but, but, system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but during the pillaging scene, we actually have, like, you start to see uh, one of the houses get, getting pulled down and torn down and stuff like that. You know, the village is getting torn apart. That That house wasn't pulled down. That house just fell down. <laughs> during that scene <laughs> the thing's fucked up and the house literally fell apart and fell down and one of the camera guys just happened to spin the camera around and catch it falling down and it was like hey this will make a cool shot <laughs> what you need more you need more filler man hey I got something cool for you yeah. <laughs> it's cool yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's a, the, and of course the emirates years. are all fucking massacred 30, 40, year, 40 years from now, uh, we're going to make the king watch this movie, and he's really going to enjoy it. No, not Elvis Presley. The king from Talking Terror. And he's going to love it. Yeah, make Elvis watch this movie again. Elvis would appreciate it. <laughs> not me. <laughs> not me. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, but yeah. yeah but... <laughs> but, but Dar wakes up in the woods next to his dead dog you know, that's sitting there still breathing with a bolt Poor in puppy. it. You know, but, you know, and he's got to... You know, and I'm surprised the king isn't like whining and bitching about a dog died. You know, because that's how the king gets all upset. Is you always talked about how upset I was he laughing gets too hard. Dogs die. <laughs> no, I was laughing too hard. I was like, it's just a silly effect. You can tell that the dog is like, girl, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I don't have an arrow, but I'm gonna carry this fucking big ass body. Yeah, but then he has to burn the whole fucking bodies. You know, he's like, that's it. My village is destroyed. And set them all on fire. And now I'm out to Eric to get revenge. But first, I got to get my eagle friend or my hawk friend. Ah, whatever the fuck name it was. Sharik, I think the name was. Bob, weird. I think it was Shimon. But still, he goes back to the village and all those bodies are like impaled on the stakes all over the place. Like, it's one of those things I was saying. Like, I don't know, King, maybe you're revisiting this now. Like, it seems silly or whatnot. But like, when you're fucking seven or eight years old, this shit was fucking scary. That's not when I was seven. I thought it was dumb. <laughs> like silly. Mm. Like, I just don't like fantasy movies. So, but no, I just. I mean, it's a cool effect. You know, all the especially when he goes to Eric and you see all the bodies. You know, outside the uh, the village. Cool, but you know, at the same time, had no effect on me. But he's got to go on his second half of his adventure. <laughs> yes, he's got to avenge the uh, the Emirates, and he's got to you know <laughs> score one, and he's got to do some co- cool fucking sword flips too. We got to get that in there. Where he's just like, yeah, wee, wee, I got my sword. <laughs> he's just showing us that he practiced. You know, he actually did some like some actual physicality work with it. Like I can swing my sword. We, I can run through the forest. We, I can swing my sword again. We. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But he's got his hawk friend. I, I, I yeah. come from two 
two sides to this movie, okay? I can definitely look at this film and see all of the, the unintentional and maybe somewhat intentional comedy involved with it. But I can also still There's look a lot. at it with that, that, that youthful, those youthful eyes and still remember watching this as the serious film that I thought it was when I was a kid. Yeah, well, yeah, I, 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 yeah, we all, <laughs> Dean and I agree, <laughs> absolutely. But, but yeah, before we get to something else, we has to, he has to meet some more friends, all right. So he has to sit there <laughs> and come across Kodo and Poto. Coco and Dodo. Yay! <laughs> oh, it's the Sarah Kodo and Poto. Uh, yeah. I thought it was Coco and Dodo. Sorry, <laughs> that was close. <laughs> It's, it's, but yeah, this, the, the, the little fucking ferret, so cute. <laughs> this movie, you know, yeah, he has no problem with sacrificing. We admitted that this film is the, uh, of course, he did. This film is probably what helped like start off her complete, like an utter love of animals and ferrets in general, which she has had a uh, a number of over the years. There's a great tale about one that attacked her, which, you know, at some point or another, she'll have to explain it herself because nobody can do it but her. <laughs> All right. That's for a future episode. But, yeah, he, he collects the two ferrets, you know, after they have stolen his, his stuff. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm collecting friends, so Kodo and Moto, whatever the hell their names are. He's like, I'm going to name Kodo you. Okay, you're coming to me. It's Kodo and Kodo. Okay, there you go. <laughs> But he's not done. Right, he's but, not collect, He's not done collecting his fucking army because he has to go fucking get a, a spray painted black tiger. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a black tiger. Listen, it was cool looking as a kid, you know. But like, it's yeah, spray painted. It's not black. I, but what it's it's considered like when you read up on the movie, it's called a black tiger. Okay, uh, yeah. they, they colored the fucking tiger. He's got a fucking yeah. tiger painted, man. It's fucking hilarious. Can you imagine the fucking animal <laughs> rights people today would lose their fucking minds if they had a fucking animal? I'm surprised they didn't lose their minds then, though. That's the thing. It's not like it, it wasn't like it was. It wasn't unheard of then to fucking complain about those things. So. You know, like that that's one where you're literally putting a fucking chemical on an animal. Like if that's yeah, not like I wonder, the animal, I don't know what is. I wonder what Carol Baskin thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> she was too she was too busy trying to figure out how to kill her fucking husband. Right. How can I put my husband oh. in a septic tank? <laughs> 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 but now you're going to start making on... new Beastmaster of Joe, Joe Exotic Beastmaster. <laughs> yeah. He's Joe the new Beastmaster. Beastmaster. Yes. Fucking Carol Baskin. <laughs> the swing of the sword around with his tot- epic moment. No, instead of sword, he's toting AK 47s and shit, man. you got to update Riding in on, on a tiger. A <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. I would pay to see <laughs> that. <laughs> right, right, riding a liger. With an army of ferrets around him, and then a spray painted black tiger. Yeah, which of course he has to name because he names all his fucking friends. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna name you that. Like whatever the fuck he says. I was like, what? You just make fucking animal noises for all your friends? He's like, it's bro. It's like, no, actually, my name is fucking Larry. It's R U H. It's bro. But he makes like a fucking roar sound when he names it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I was like, what? Like I, I like, said, it's the name of the bird. Called the name Ruh. of the bird is ah ah. Is the name of the fucking bird. 
But yet he names his thirds Kodo and Lodo. <laughs> He's not so Kodo. Kodo and Kodo. I don't care. I don't care. It's Kodo, Kodo and Kodo. And Is that what the king said? And, yeah. And Pedo and whatever else names that there are. <laughs> no, not your porn. <laughs> That's not my porn. You know what my porn is. <laughs> but he's still going on this adventure to uh, Eric, and then that's when he comes across Kiri, the slave girl, the city's all out looking great. And he's like, you know what? Sexual predator time. I'm going to go into this, <laughs> see if I can get my fingers a little wet. Mm. What's up, baby? Well, well, there's originally two women there, but then one of them just fucking disappears. Yeah, she's a slave. <laughs> she's, like, yeah. she's not necessary. She's just a fucking slave. <laughs> I mean, a slave. He could have had them both. Tanya Roberts was so hot at this time, man. So, like, even yeah. now, yep. like, theater, man, it was like, holy cow, man. What a hot, hot woman. Oh, she was? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we definitely. I, especially being a redhead, I have a thing for redheads. So I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, but, like, kite man, hell yeah. But <laughs> Those eyes, man. I don't know <laughs> if those are contacts or if those are natural colors. I, I, I think they... They use something to I think like, natural. stand out a little bit. I know she has natural blue eyes, but I feel like with this movie, they did something to make them, like, really, really stand out with that color. And it was just like, yeah, damn. <laughs> yeah. You know, but they uh, had their back and forth. Yeah. There was a film a few years after the Beastmaster uh, that, that she was the star in called Purgatory. And... Uh, it's one of those uh, like women and children, women not women, one of those women in prison kind of flicks. Uh, her, 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 her friend, uh, they they get framed, they get they get sentenced to a crime. They're Peace Corps volunteers in Africa, and they get sentenced to a crime, and they get put into like an oppressive women's prison. Um, <laughs> it's about it's, it's exactly what you would expect. This was like a Skinamax flick, wasn't it? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't mean there were not, few of, not like, of, like in that genre. I take it back. I Go don't ahead. mean Cinemax is in like like pornographic or like like a, you know whatever like shitty porn. I mean this would come on like Cinemax like late night, like one o'clock, two o'clock. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, totally. Because it was not. Like, it was, was not like Cinemax. of like flash in there and shit like that. It was definitely um, you know Cinemax after dark for certain. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, scantily clad women prisoners being abused by their guards. Um, lots of like gratuitous, not, not as, like the skin porn kind of scenes, uh, but definitely like a lot of gratuitous sex as, uh, you know, um, Tanya Roberts has to make her way out of this prison, uh, and figure out who it's safe to trust and not to trust. Uh, but it's one that I remember seeing. I saw, you know, what happened? I was like getting in bed at night to go to sleep when I was a little kid years later. I mean, I was probably, you know, 12 or 13. And um, I just saw Tanya Roberts' name, like Tanya Roberts in. And I was like, oh, Tanya Roberts in the Beast Festival. Let's see what's going on. And I watched that whole film. Women in prison. Yeah, Tanya well, Roberts is in well, Beast Master. Well, don't forget she was also in Shooting the Jungle as well a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. What was she in? Um, jungle of the Jungle? No, Sheena of the Jungle. Oh. Yeah, Sheena of the Jungle. <laughs> the Tim Allen movie, Jungle of the Jungle? 
No. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, God, that was a horrible movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, horrific. Um, he ate my fish. <laughs> you know, and, and with, with this movie, the one thing I actually did kind of like, you know, if I have to pick one thing that I like about this movie, it's the bird creatures. Uh, that pop up, you know, when when the Beastmaster comes across them because it's just they're, they're kind of badass. But it reminded me of like that whole thing about the Lord of the Rings, where it's like, well, why didn't they just fucking call the birds to carry them all the way to Mount Doom? Like, why do they have to walk for three movies? Like, it's the way I felt about these fucking birds. Like, why didn't That's he just fucking hobby. hail them to fucking kill oh, yeah, everybody? I guess they could have been either one. Well, they, well okay, okay, okay so, yes. Yeah. What I can Go answer ahead, cool. about Sorry. Lord of the Rings is they, they didn't have good enough communications with the birds. They didn't have good enough relations with them, which is why in Lord of the Rings, the birds didn't take them all the way to, to, to the fucking thing and drop the ring off. Um, but that doesn't excuse the fact that the birds helped them in The Hobbit and could have taken them right. all the way to the fucking Dwarven Kingdom at that time. But, you know, they dropped them off so that they still had another movie to walk through. So that's the way I thought about these yep. birds. Like, if Dar could communicate with, with uh, animals and he has this amulet because of Sharik, like, delivering it, and now they're in there his favor, like, he could just been like, yo, guys, like, just kill everybody. Like, what's the end of this thing? <laughs> I need you now. <clears throat> I think but he, he doesn't understand completely what the relationship is here. Now, what I noticed with the design of these things is, is, like, right off the bat, like, have you ever grabbed your testicles and, like, stretched them out? The bag, yeah. like, like, <laughs> like the bag or the, the bag or the balls? Well, yeah, obviously that's the goat to the ball. You got to do it to the, to the bag. Come on, haven't you, haven't you guys watched Waiting? <laughs> yeah, that's a great movie. It's, it's the brain. I want to see my wart. Um, well, my point being is, is yeah, it's when you're that way. Pulsating chicken heart. They look like somebody fucking took a fucking set of testicles, stretched them out, and then shoved the shaft of the penis right down through the middle of them, and then like just put eyes on it. (laughs) Googly eyes on it. Yeah, but we also had this. But then at the same time, I was also questioning their backgrounds because they're worshiping the symbol as well while they're trying to cook a guy. And when the eagle lands on this weird-ass Nazi-looking fucking eagle symbol, you know, and they're like, oh, wait, oh, wait, he's cool. (laughs) Look at this blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy. And he's here, and he's cool with our Nazi shit. All right, we're cool. So, yeah, I'll start off with that entire scene. Well, the bird symbol is the symbol of the god that Ruck, or whatever the hell he's called, that, that Mayax serves. Because he's got that same bird symbol tattooed on him from the brand. Um, so so oh. yeah, it, is a weird, it is a weird dynamic as far as where these specific birds' loyalties go. I guess because of his ability to communicate with Sharek, they believe him to be a speaker of their god. Ah, okay. Okay, cool. <clears throat> and they, they just, it's just such a cool sequence when you see the, the birdmen wrap their wings around the guy, mm. and then he just gets completely fucking melted, yeah. and when they open up the wings again, just bones. 
I was like, that's fucking pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, that's the one thing I do like about it. Fucking all get out. Like a brundle fly. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a good call. Um, but I, I do, again, I probably shouldn't have laughed as hard as I did, but I love it when uh, the Beastmaster gets to Eric and you have Mayax just straight up sacrificing kids into the fire. He's like, yeah, you want another one? Hey, bring me another one. Bring me another kid. And they're like, no, no. And he's like, yeah, I got another one. Here we go. Dropping one in. Hell yeah. I couldn't stop laughing. We got any other kids in the audience? Bring another one up. (laughs) But then... We we also have then the Beastmaster calling his eagle friend, and then we're ripping that kid and flying through the sky with that kid flapping in the wind behind yeah. him. Just like that's that's a strong fucking eagle right there, man. The kid like that's flapping in the wind. <laughs> yeah. And that kid ends up being the the uh, the child of Sacco, who was played by Ralph Strait, who talked in the Halloween Three, where he was a top salesman in Silver Shamrock. And his kid ends up dying in that movie. So I was like, it's kind of coming full circle <laughs> with Ralph Strait. <laughs> or, you know, his kid may have been saved in Beastmaster, but in the same year, 1982, his kid didn't survive Halloween 3. <laughs> he didn't have a good time in that movie. See, the gods, buddy the gods give, the gods take it away. But I'm a coward. I'm not good for anything. Yeah, except hey, you're gonna have to owe me. <laughs> so it's you know a thing of okay, yeah. Owe me, owe I'm me, owe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a, what that goes to. And then he decides to come back out of town, where you know, <clears throat> sit there and get introduced to some more friends. <laughs> oh, back to Seth, John Amos, and Tall, the kid who definitely needs to be wearing pants. <laughs> yeah, but they're apparently yeah, no, but they're, no comment on that one, man. They're, they're apparently more a than a diaper. Dance troupe. <laughs> they're, apparently, they're apparently a dance troupe because they all got the same moves and shit like that with their bow staffs and all that kind of crap. <laughs> yeah, and again, John Amos as Seth is a badass. I did like that character. Like, if there was any character that I liked in this movie, it was fucking John Amos. Because he was so strong and so yeah. confident and just was ready to help because he knows that Kiri is going to be sacrificed next. She's not a kid, but for some reason she's going to mm. be sacrificed next. So it's, mm. we got to make this priority number one, bitch. Mm. Well, it's, I mean, it's just some reason that sometimes those old, husky, wrinkly old men would want to sacrifice a beautiful young woman. I don't understand that. Well, I thought it would just be just kids. Like, I thought that's all that Mayax wanted to do. Kill all the kids. No, it's hot, hot women as well. It's got to be the ones that create the kids, too. They're only good for two mm. things, you know, banging and sacrificing. Um, unless they're <laughs> over 22, that's it. There's no, there's no reason to bang them anymore. Um, you know, remember, back then they started when they were like 10. So my point being, though, is here's where the weird thing comes in. You find out that Kiri yeah. is the cousin of Tal. Meaning she's the niece of the king, and then yep. therefore she's also the cousin of our hero here. Even though that never really gets like mentioned that they're related. Never. No, no, they drop that quick. Where they're they I don't fucking think like, that. like I said, I love all kinds of fucking step family porn. 
Yeah, so so I'm good with it. I'm, I'm not yeah, against it or anything I'm, like that. I just think that if you're going to have it happen, boy. you might as well call it out. <laughs> but yeah, we, we've all seen we've all seen Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> just sister, dude. <laughs> but but then on top of all this, though, we also never have a moment, you know, between Dar and this kid, you know, going, "Hey, we're brothers." You know, they you never have a moment of them acknowledging that they're family. No, no, and it it should have happened, but it didn't, you know. And it's, but they have to go save King Zed, who is apparently blinded. Now he's underneath the dungeon, I you know, where the, where Max is keeping him. I don't think the kid ever finds out that Dar is his half brother, because um, he can't be his full brother because Dar's mom died. Um, right. So I th- I think only John Amos knows at the end. And that's yeah, he knows. Never yeah. Told. He and this, and this way, the kid doesn't have any doubt as to why, you know, his uh, why his he's ruling. You know what I mean? It's one of those. So otherwise, you have like a Harry and fucking William type of scenario. Like I'm telling you, man, that's what I really want to happen with the fucking royal empire over there, man. I want fucking Harry to like <laughs> like create an army in Canada and then sail back across <laughs> the Atlantic Ocean and like take over the entire fucking UK. Kill the incest empire in England. Like, oh, like, you know, like, then again, in order for him to become king, he would have to not only take out William, he's got to take out all of William's children. So that is the only way that Harry then can reclaim that throne, man. It's got Game of Thrones. It's Game of Thrones shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. You hey, hey, William, you want to come over? I'm having a wedding. The color's red. <laughs> Can you make yeah. it? <laughs> Are you having oh, a red wedding? You can theme. say that. It's, it's a Game of Thrones theme, bro. Don't worry about it, man. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we get introduced to, introduce to the entire town here and stuff like that. And I got to say, man, like, as, uh, like set-wise, stuff like, I was really impressed with the, the pyramids that they actually fucking built. For this thing, mm-hmm. like the, that, cool. like that actual structure cost cost fifteen thousand bucks to make, and that fucker was huge. Yeah, it was definitely impressive. Um, and plus the the whole Indiana Jones yeah, thing when going to the King's Head. <laughs> you know, underneath the, the caverns, you know, and getting attacked, you know, in the one hallway mm-hmm. where you have Dar having to close it off so they don't get attacked. And then finding out that they're making fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja fucking warriors by pouring fucking green slime into their fucking ears. <laughs> you know? And then putting them in yeah. fucking leather. Yeah. And that, yeah, and then like the fool said, um, then you have that little Star Trek II Rathacon thing that you put in the fucking ear too, you know, the earworm. <laughs> it drives them crazy. Man, those fucking things. Those Man, yeah, nah. I remember the first time seeing that shit when I was a kid. And yep, nope, don't ever fucking put anything like that around my ears, man. I will shit in your mouth. No, 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 no. <laughs> Botany Bay, Botany Bay, oh no, we need to get out of here. <laughs> but the, you have this like whole grand escape where they eventually save King Zed has been blinded and they get him out of the temple and they rescue him and now he's going to be reunited with all his people. Probably my favorite scene is when they rescue him, and he's like, I want fucking revenge, and I need to get it now. We need to attack at dawn, 
Arik has to rise again, and then the Beastmaster's like, well, I could help. He's like, no, you can't, you freak. Get the fuck out of here. What, are you crying? Are you crying, Beastmaster? Oh, let me see those tears. Shut up. I don't care about this adventure anymore. Like, I, just, I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> when he runs away. <laughs> he, he's, Shut up. Stop laughing at me, guys. I have a tiger. <laughs> Whatever. Get out of here, freak. <laughs> tiger spray-painted, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a, I have a hawk. Whatever, freak. Get out of here. <laughs> Look at him run. <laughs> he's crying. <laughs> couldn't stop cracking up when he just keeps calling him freak. And then Kiri's like, yeah, he doesn't want you around anymore. I think you just got to go. Fine. I don't <laughs> care about you anymore. <laughs> You're not my real dad anyway. Come on, Sherrick. We can have our own adventures. <laughs> but, yeah, and he's in there running, and he has that one perfect tear down his cheek. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that one crystal tear. That's an emotional moment. I was going to say, man. That is depth. That is acting. He is an actor. <laughs> and he fucking nailed Meanwhile, this crack. <laughs> this big muscle-down fucking guy crying. <laughs> he got called a freak. But dad, how about your dad? Get out of here, freak. <laughs> you cry, too, if it happened to you. No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called worse by my parents when I was a kid. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but but yeah, like you said, the king, you know, so they're going, you know, yeah, we're, okay, this, this is the plan, this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> Everyone who's in say I. <laughs> no, everyone's like, oh, Yay. fuck no. <laughs> no, everyone's like, oh, bad, bad idea, bad idea. <laughs> okay, agreed. Why well, don't we keep the guy with the tiger, man? <laughs> But you have the ring that Tall is wearing with the eye, and all the witches are watching it, and they're going, yeah, yeah, you're going to get attacked at dawn. So just let you know. And he's like, cool. I'll be ready. (laughs) And then Seth has to stab it with a little stick. He's like, eh, poking that eye. (laughs) Try to look at this now. I thought it was a cool effect. Creepy, too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, man, for its time, it was a cool little effect. Yep, agreed. And, so it's and, the plan has failed. Like, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> they know what we're going to do, so we're fucked. He's like, no, we're not. We're going to fucking go ahead and just continue with the fight. <laughs> yeah, you joking, Zach. <laughs> so how's just that wait until the beast master day? shows back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Sako is like, uh, Beastmaster, shit went down. <laughs> He's like, it did. Oh, He's like, why are you crying? Like, have you just stayed up all night crying? He's like, shut up, Sacco. <laughs> I brought you a horse. Fine, I guess I'll, I'll, I guess I'll save him. <laughs> what? Can you and he does talk to the horse. <laughs> you bring up a really, 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 really good question here that kind of ties into the finale of the film. If the Beastmaster has the ability to communicate with animals, why doesn't he mm-hmm. simply talk to the fucking horses of all the villains and make them right. throw them off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe he can't communicate it. with such a large <clears throat> population of animals at the same time. Well, you only have to talk to one at a time. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Maybe he can't do that fast enough. 
Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he has to be communicating with his own animals. <laughs> Maybe okay. his level is that. Maybe he hasn't achieved that level yet. Maybe he's only he achieved the, those things so far. He's only like maybe you know a level five beastmaster. He has to get to level seven yeah, to be able to talk to horses. Yeah, he he's got to get the upgrades. <laughs> he's got to go. He, he's got to go out do some grinding and level up. <laughs> he's got to get some grinding. So, Talk about the beastmaster. Ow! But, uh, <laughs> beastmaster. So, 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 <laughs> oh, it sure is the beastmaster. <laughs> it's the week. That's up, everybody. <laughs> I'm like, Dar, everybody. What's up? Come here, little wee folks. Let's play. <laughs> Where's my whistles? <laughs> that would be my favorite. But, I'm, but, I'm not but his name wouldn't be Dar. It would be Crawl. <laughs> <laughs> he crawl. He crawl. <laughs> oh no, it's crawl. That's right, buddy. He's about to kill you and take over the kingdom. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for because I'm here for the grindage and the nuts. Uh, uh, Look at the babies. What's up, girls? Oh, you want the crawl? <laughs> All the women running no. away. Wait, no, we, no, we've been the weasels, Mr. Stoney. <laughs> Please step away from the padded. <laughs> What's up, May Axe? I'm totally going to kill you with my sword. Windsor's attack! Right there! <laughs> Paulie Shore as this the fucking. Is, this, should be his, this should be his return to films. Okay, fucking Paulie Shore as the fucking Beastmaster. I, I'm in. I'm in. My ticket's bought. My ticket is bought and I'm in. <laughs> I'll be in the theater and watch that. A Netflix original. Paulie Shore as the Beastmaster. <laughs> <laughs> but winding it down, you have Dara confronting Mayax, who has killed King Zed on top of this temple. They do battle. Uh, Mayax gets stabbed, so they're like, yay, everything's over, everything's cool. But of course, Mayax, you got to double tap. got to kill him twice. <laughs> <laughs> leave him dead, because no. he's going to come oh, back. got to fucking double tap. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, one of his ferrets, I don't know if it was Kodo or, or uh, the other one, Lodo, or Poto. Yeah, Poto, I got it. <laughs> is the one that sacrifices himself to bite into Mayax's uh, neck and then send him into the pit of fire. He's like, no. I have to mourn my ferret friend for a second. Okay. That's not cool. You know what? <clears throat> now I only have one ferret. I'm not going to lie here. Okay? <laughs> I don't know what it was. I watched this movie yesterday. There was nothing else going on. But I did too. I yeah. almost. I almost actually shed a tear because I totally forgot <laughs> that Kodo actually dies. And like, I oh, you waiting, did? I was waiting for the fucking ferret to come back, figuring that they didn't kill the fucking ferret. And when I realized that they killed the fucking ferret, I, li- I literally almost cried a little bit. Like, 
it was like enough to where like my eyes welled up like a tiny little bit. Like not enough to where my nose got stuff. You know what it is? Is every time I go to fucking Petco or PetSmart to buy fucking like like like, like food for the, the the toads that are in the house or the snake or the cat or the dog or the chickens. Okay, all these fucking these animals that are all around me. I see the ferret enclosure and I always go and play with them and they're so cute and I've wanted a ferret since I was a little kid myself and I remember my uncle John had gotten a ferret and he used to keep it in his bathroom like he kind of set up the bathroom in his house and his apartment at the time as like a whole room just for the ferret um and like that was the thing like if uh if we didn't have Zach move in here one of the things we were thinking about doing with the spare room was actually getting like a ferret or two and setting up like an entire like playroom for them and everything but that was <coughs> unable nice. to be happy they're hard now. to take care of I heard though ferrets are incredibly hard to 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 take care of it's very difficult takes a lot of time Yes, but if you give them the right amount of space and the ability to do it, that's why, again, like I'm not talking about like a small enclosure. I'm talking about we were going to give them an entire room room that these things would have (laughs) had themselves. Yeah. Oh, ghoul, I got to crash. All right, but you got to go to Kodo's room. (laughs) (laughs) That was my only thing with them. I, I know they can be stinky. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. Is that like it's something about you know just the oils in their fur and stuff like that? It's just stinky. It's all about the glands. Um, but this with with the movie. This is what I'm talking about. This could have been the ending. It could have been Max's demise. You know, yeah, you sacrifice one of the ferrets, but at the top of the fucking tower, he could be like, yeah, fucking everybody fucking cheers. End of the movie. Nope, we're out. No way, but dude. No, the we... Jun Horde slayed his family in village, dude. There's like, there's no way there's not gonna take revenge over the Juns. I forgot about him. <laughs> At this point, I forgot about the Juns. I was like, oh fuck, that's right. Check the Mad Max people have to come back. Juns. You know, looking like a fucking meteorite right falling from the sky. You bring them in in the first act. Glowing act, fucking man. Back in the last act. <laughs> this glowing mass, looking like a fucking meteorite right, coming towards the fucking area. Oh my god, it's a fucking Jun. All right, everybody, pour sand into the moat. We're going to make a trap. Let's do it, everybody. It's not going to work, but it'll, it'll probably work. Who knows? Got to get creative here. Yeah, it's supposed to be this thick, tarry substance that surrounds the village, but then, you know, as the trap is working and they're attacking and stuff like that, and you have all the horses running out, and it's like, it's just fucking water. It's just, you know, no, no scenes of anybody actually sinking nope. into this. You know, like the swamps of sadness yeah. or anything like that. It also, it's nice, like <laughs> a, nitro fucking glycerin, you know? It's a minor inconvenience to the junk. <laughs> fucking go on the attack. <laughs> you know, the injured tall. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, man, am I in water? What the fuck, dude? Like, that sucks. <laughs> anyway, we're going to kill everybody here. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> it's well, the fucking bird people we have to bring in again. Bring in the fucking bird people. They're going to take care of everybody. Be like five minutes. Convenient liquid is what it is. Because you know what? Sometimes it, it burns like gasoline. Like when you see some of the juns go through it. And then they kind of ignite. And then sometimes you see the horses <laughs> yeah. that are completely soaked in it. And yet they're not igniting. Like it's, it's yeah. It, it was an odd, odd little thing. I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah, I love how they're flammable. And like as soon as, and as, soon as they hit. Like, it gets fired. Epic fight between Dar and the Jun Horde, like the leader, before the first <laughs> people show up. 
I love how it cuts off one of the bad ones on his helmet. Dude, you fucked up my helmet. (laughs) What were you saying, Dean? I was just saying that, like, their epic fight, one, turns out that Judd's helmet is, like, a badass weapon. And, uh, I mean, his, uh, not his helmet, the, uh, his fucking stake thing. And then they have that epic fight with the tremendous slow-motion high kick, which is, like... With the fiery backdrop, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, I was cracking up. I kick. he comes out with that. I was like, "What? Okay, it's a kung fu movie now." <laughs> oh no, here comes the bird. I didn't say. I didn't say your name. I just said hi real quick. <laughs> oh man. I was like, oh, this movie's still going. I was like, all right, now the Juns are defeated. What else is going to happen? I was like, no, we have to have the closing scene. <laughs> we have to have the Juns defeated, but we have more. Because we have to have more dialogue about how he has a present for Tal, the Beastmaster. Give this to Tal. He's, yeah. he's going to dig it. Anyway, see you guys. <laughs> Where are you going to go? I don't know. Wherever the wind takes me. Ah! You know, like, <laughs> the end. Credits. No, not, not nope. in credits and done. It's because, like, again, you know, Tal has to become the king, you know, and. <clears throat> You know, that's when they discover that Dar is actually supposed to be king because he has a brand on his hand that is somehow supposed to look just like the pyramid somehow. I, like, it didn't look like the pyramid at all to me, but, you know, hey. I'm sorry. It is you who should be I really don't mean to laugh, but when he reveals that he's the actual son of King Zed and fucking Seth is like, oh, my God, you are? He's like, well, you're the fucking king. He's like, no, I gotta give it to all. I wanted Seth to be like, wait a second. Didn't you just seriously make out with Kiri in the fucking boat earlier? <laughs> you know that's your cousin, right? Like you got some issues, fucking Dar. But I like you. Yeah. I like the way you work. <laughs> your point? <laughs> Go on, Dar. Go on, you silly bastard, white motherfucker. <laughs> Get out of here, you scamp. But also, he, he says, Why Seth says that Carl's hand is injured. The left hand. But he uses his left hand to climb the fucking pyramid. <laughs> he uses his left hand to scale the entire pyramid. I was like, doesn't he not have use of that hand? <laughs> Wasn't that arm injured during the barbar the John attack? Yeah, yeah, that was during the John he, attack. He doesn't have use of it. He doesn't yeah, have use of his left hand for some time, but he uses it to scale the fucking pyramid at the end. He climbs up the pyramid using his left hand. I don't uh, okay. Know. <clears throat> yeah. Rewatch but, the sequence you know, and you'll see it, and that's why I cracked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's using his left hand for leverage. Yeah. Acting. You're right. But but you know, like you know, Dari takes off of Kiri and then we have to have big romantic sweeping shot, you know, of two cousins making out on a mountaintop. As that poor tiger is trying to figure out yep. what to do, like that's all I'm watching is the tiger. It was it changed. Doesn't seem to know, it doesn't want to be there. You can see that the damn nope. thing isn't happy. I don't know if it was the height. I don't know if it was like something was bothering it, but it was, it was changing like that's why. crazy. Yeah, you can see it was changed yeah. like, right under the thing too. Well, yeah, yeah, they said it, that they it changed was, it up, and that's why it looks that way. <laughs> it looks like yeah. fucking shit. Get the shot. I'm yeah, out of here. It, I want to go back to my trailer. It, I'm rough. Yeah, it was it it was chained, and the trainer was right by with a thirty out six in case things went bad, and it was because the tiger, <laughs> and it's because the tiger was getting antsy because of the helicopter circling around to get the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a glorious shot. Paint. The buzz is probably <laughs> starting to wear off from all the fucking paint, you know. 
<laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm glad that this is the only Beastmaster movie that was ever made, and definitely not a TV series either. It's great. Oh, one to one, one and done. About. This is going to become a yearly thing, King. Next year, we're going to do Beastmaster <laughs> Two for you. Eventually, we're going to do a standalone side episode of covering the entire TV series, and you're going to have to watch uh, every single episode of all three seasons. Uh, and, and all three. Thank shows. God for beer. Thank God for alcohol. That's all I can say. That's what got me through it yesterday. That's what got me through it now. God well, bless well, you, don't forget Be- well, don't forget Beastmaster 3, the Eye of Praxis. Oh, yeah. Well, let's forget about it for now. <laughs> <laughs> because next week we do have a pick from the Dean. Uh, so what's your pick next week, Dean? What are you going to be talking about? Uh, Beastmaster you know, 2. This came up, um, <laughs> To keep it the running time of a film, uh, we are going to watch the first two and a half episodes of the Beastmaster series. Great. Uh, I can't wait. No, I'm only showing that to joke, but we're not there. Uh, no, uh, you know, another one, not nearly as iconic to me as the Beastmaster uh, from this time in my life, but this was something that the monkey and I had been talking about several weeks ago. Uh, so I said it would be my next pick oh. uh, when we were talking about it. And here we are. Uh, we are staying in the eighties. We're jumping ahead just a few years later to 1987 uh, directed by Bert L. Dragan, uh, starring Chuck Connors and Charlie Stratton. We are going to take a look at 1987's summer camp nightmare. Good pick. Good pick. All right. It's a decent one. Obscure. I've seen it. I do like it. So going back to horror, some can't. Uh, so that's good. All right. So thank you so much for your pick. I uh, can't wait to talk about it next week. Someone <laughs> killed right All right. So thank you so much, Monkey, for joining us. And we'll yeah. see you back here next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- thank you, Ghoul Gal, for the pick. And uh, <laughs> the king threw his paces. He had a great time on this week's episode. I had a great time. So good. Um, <laughs> So good. <laughs> but but thanks for listening and letting me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and Ghoul, speaking of sponsors, the Ghoul gal who picked this movie tonight, uh, why don't you hit us with a plug as we close out? Indeed. Why don't you check out her wares on Etsy? At, uh, go to Etsy and then in the search, all one word, Bonfire Bead Designs. <laughs> uh, all kinds of handcrafted, handmade jewelry, gemstones. One word. I can't tell you how many syllables that would be thinking. Um, so anyway, <laughs> though, all kinds of handcrafted jewelry, making new stuff. There's stuff that, uh, again, thank you to everybody that's that's buying things because again, they are they, things are flying, and she is making stuff like crazy. Uh, she's got some some new stuff she's about to unroll. Uh, she she got inspired. And, uh, and she has crafted a whole bunch of different bracelets and, and some other pendants that are going to be going up on the site if they're not already there. Um, and again, like I said, uh, all one word, Bonfire Bead Designs on Etsy. After that, stay scared. And... <laughs> <laughs> all right. And as for me, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying, Hail Satan, Hail Odorous, Hail Yourselves. We'll see you back here next week when we go to camp with Summer Camp Nightmare. See you guys next time. (laughs) 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.